Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And we are here together in Rome on our great Roman tour, the very first ever Bittersweet Life listener tour of Rome. And we are on the very last morning, if you can believe it. I know. It really went by in a flash. (laughs) It really did. I know. I woke up this morning and I was feeling a little bit regretful, you know, like, oh, you know, here we, and I have to also preface that this is like, and I'm not going to go on and on about it for those of you who aren't here, but I mean, it's been an amazing group of people who have gotten along and, and become friends with each other. And so, and they've had such a good time with us and it's such a good time without us also together in a group. Um, and so I, I just feel almost regretful also for them that like it has come to an end is almost coming to an end yeah it it, we, it was a full week like we had <laughs> a lot of um things planned and when when that's the case it, t- it tends to fly the time I know. so here we are we're, we're taking them on the secret tour of rome this morning which is exciting and it's funny though because i was thinking through the places that we're going to take them today and i don't know about you um i mean you've been in rome 19 years i've been coming back and forth for 10 years uh and i was thinking like even though i know what we're showing them today and that you know it's full of secrets and great things i was thinking like oh but we should have shown them this thing and that thing and this thing but i think maybe that's how rome always is that is like the definition of rome and i've been thinking the same exact thing this entire week starting from the middle of the night um of the (laughs) first night when i woke up kind of in a panic being like, wait a second, maybe I need to rethink all of these tours and do totally different stuff. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not taking them to the Capitoline Hill, and I'm not taking them to the Jewish Ghetto and the Pirtle Fountain, and there's so many places. I'm not taking them to Monty. I'm not taking them to the Catacombs. Like, oh no, did I make a mistake? (laughs) I know, and then there's just too much. And then there's like also, of course, our personal favorites, like maybe that are not notable. Like, um, you know, you know me, I kind of come and I also try to see similar things I want to see every time. And even for me, it feels like the week is coming to a close really fast because I they leave um, on Saturday. I'm leaving on Sunday. So I also don't have any time left. And I'm like, but I haven't been out to the non-Catholic cemetery yet. And it's so far away. How am I going to get out there? And that's like one of my pilgrimages every single time I'm here. And then I think to myself, should we have taken them to the non-Catholic cemetery? No, it's too far off the beaten track. I know. I know. And it makes no practical sense. But you're also like, but it's so beautiful. And I don't know. But here's another question I had for you, Um, because I've been feeling this way also, like, so we're with a group of people, many of whom have never seen Rome before. Like, we were actually surprised at how many people came on the tour that had never been here before, and actually kind of surprised and delighted, because there's really nothing more fun than showing people Rome who have never seen Rome before. But I also got this very strong sense about that feeling of, like, you can never see it again for the first time. And I've been feeling that a lot with this group because they're just like, wow, wow, wow. And I have not been feeling that way. And I don't know if that's because we're... I think it's because you're in work mode and I'm, like, constantly being like, Katie, is everyone here? Katie, what time do we have to leave this spot? Katie, do you have the tickets? Katie, pay pay this, pay that, do this, do that. And so you're in work mode. That's why. You're also... um, kind of taking on um, the responsibility of kind of, you know, chatting people up when they're bored. Not that they're bored. They're not bored. But, you know, as we're walking from place to place, you know, you're keeping people entertained in your own way. And you're also, um, you know, making sure everybody like has what they need, bathroom breaks, coffee breaks, water. So you are taking on a lot of responsibilities. You're thinking about a lot of things. And I'm thinking about a ton of other things. So both of us are 
obviously not going to be experiencing it in the same way that um, our group is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's only normal. Well, first, I have to say that they've been entertaining me as we're walking along much of the time. <laughs> Although, yes, I uh, of course, you end up kind of explaining what this and that is. But that's fun, too. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right that it has something to do with work mode. But, I mean, do you ever wish that you could, like, see what you saw when you first arrived again? Or, or can you think back enough in your head to know, like, this is what it felt like the first time I ever saw this city? It's hard for me um, to even remember back that far because I came here for the first time in 1997. And I was young enough that it probably didn't make the kind of impression on me that I would have liked it to have. I kind of dipped my toe in Rome at 20-something years, at 20. I think I was exactly 20. And although we were, my sister and I, we were with people who knew Rome and who were from Rome and who took us, you know, took us around. And um, and I loved it. And, you know, I had a great time. But it, at the same time, it was, I, I wasn't able to absorb it. I think, I think at that age, it some some people are able to, but I think at that age it's typical that like a lot of it goes over your head, and I see that with a lot of students who are studying here because I used to have interns who were always about that age, and they you know they kind of liked it, but nobody ever really got it, and I think the same was true for me. Hmm. Well, I mean, maybe you're more interested in like the social aspects of what's happening with the other young people around you at that point. Do you think for students probably? I know for me it was yeah it was a lot about it was much more about the language. Uh, sort of the food, although, like I said, I've never been a foodie, but I was, you know, just the whole aspect of the food, the, the, the meals, like how they were different, how, so, yeah, like how people socialized, how people, uh, how the family worked, like these big long lunches and sitting around talking. And, and it was, I mean, maybe because I was uh, here in Rome as a tourist, but also as the guest of relatives, uh, like distant relatives of my family. So I was really inserted into their family unit for that 10-day period and so I think that almost made a bigger impression on me like how Italians live how they talk what they do what their daily lives are like I remember those things more than I remember for example the Caravaggio paintings I saw that I totally didn't appreciate at all the one thing that I remember really making impression on me was the mummy in the Vatican museums of all things like more than the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel it was the mummy that I was just like how old is this thing? And then there's like a mummified cat in there. And I was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Which I've been there and I don't even remember the mummy. It's in the Egyptian museum. And if you don't go to the Egyptian museum, you know, you don't have to. It's not part of the like necessary path. So you can miss it. So maybe I did miss it. Uh, That that is another like life lesson. (laughs) Really, when you were thinking that, I was like, what a life lesson. Because, you know, you think sometimes we form like judgments about what we like and do not like when we're young people you know like you were saying i barely even noticed the caravaggio i was thinking back to um you know when my mother uh, when we were kids used to think you know like let's get these kids some exercise and would make us go cross-country skiing and we were like oh this is absolute hell you know (laughs) (laughs) all this fresh air and snow and like nature and you're like can we please go back and like play with the toys again now you know and then and then when you get to be an adult and you try these things again, you're like, wow, this is actually quite pleasant. You know, like all this fresh air and nature and snow and being out in the world. And, and uh, you know, it is so easy to form your opinions like 
you know, I mean, how many people are like, you know, you try a, a tomato or an apple or, or something when you're a kid and you're like, well, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I just don't like that food. And, and, you know, do you even know 20 years later if you like that food? Not at all. I, I was convinced that I didn't like kiwis. I mean, I was convinced and it was, <laughs> it was literally um, a visual prejudice. Like the thing was furry and brown. And I was just like, there's no way I would like that. It's light green, which to me makes it seem like it would be extremely sour, which they can be sour, but not always. And, uh, I was about 21 or 22. All of a sudden my body started craving kiwis and I'd never tried one. And it was like, I need to eat a kiwi. I need to <laughs> How does that happen. I don't know. It was, it's almost like a, it was almost like a pregnancy craving that happens in pregnancy too. You just have these cravings for things that you don't, you can't explain why you want it. You just know you want it. Um, and I had that in pregnancy where I wanted citrus fruit. Like and my mom was the same way. She would eat an entire lemon with the peel and the seeds every day. <laughs> I didn't go that far. That's a little extreme. It's yeah. extreme. No, but I, I did crave citrus fruit when I was pregnant. But, but, but much earlier than that, when, when I was living in Montreal, I think I wasn't getting enough vitamin C or something. I, there must have been something going on my body. But I literally went to the store. I bought a number of kiwis. And I ate for about a year or two a kiwi every day. So, and I loved them. And I and I'd never, I had just convinced myself that I hated them. That's funny. I used to eat kiwis so often uh, that uh, one of my friends used to call me Kiwi Sewell. Oh, cute. <laughs> so even today, if I walk into the radio studio, he'll say, hi, Kiwi. <laughs> That's cute. And I haven't eaten kiwis uh, on a regular basis in years. Yeah, I mean, and I think also what's interesting is that you take so many of your cues about what you like and don't like from other people, like people who are older than you or people who are your best friends and for instance, uh, when I was growing up, my very best friend, for whatever reason, I don't know why, just absolutely despised the color orange. And because I loved her so much, I, you know, I could see orange through her eyes. And I was like, you're right. It is the most horrible color in the world, you know, <laughs> particularly like a very bright orange. I'm like, yeah, it's awful. It's repulsive. And then, of course, I get to be an adult and I'm like so drawn to the color orange. And I'm like, why did we hate orange so much? I don't really understand. Uh, that is true. And our parents as well when we're younger. And, you know, as a parent, I see it in the other side now. And I'm like, will I really? Op-? I mean, and he has to a certain extent. I think it's tapered off now that he's g- growing and get in, he's coming into his own likes and dislikes. Um, and he said to me the other day in the car, he's like, you know what, mom, I don't like podcasts anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> we were listening to the podcast that we listened to together is the rest is history. It can get a little violent though. So I have to be careful. And it, we were listening to one on St. Catherine of Siena. Very interesting, by the way, especially because there's lots of connections to her in Rome. And I think they were talking about like when she was starving herself to death and got to the point that her stomach could no longer digest food um, and was forcing herself to throw up with by shoving sticks down the back of her throat okay <laughs> yeah well okay so she's saying little known fact St. Catherine of Siena was clearly either anemic bulimic or both um as opposed as in addition to all of her other um aspects <laughs> but um but he's like I don't like this podcast and I turned it off and I said was it just this episode you didn't like or you don't like this podcast anymore and he goes I just don't like podcasts anymore. <laughs> but aside from that, and I was like, even mine? <laughs> he didn't answer that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like to think that when he, was, when he was really little, he loved to go to museums. 
and churches. And he would just, you know, wander around sort of treating it like a, you know, a fairyland or a castle or, you know, some place that he could explore. And, you know, the little tiniest things were fascinating to him. And he's getting past that now, you know, and he's kind of like, this is, this is kind of boring or, you know, he'll, he'll, he can get his, his interest sparked if I have a good enough story to tell about the place. But if we're just looking at art, he's just kind of like, uh, um, I mean, he likes it. We went, (coughs) his class, they went to a Van Gogh exhibit here in Rome and they had a guide who was, you know, clearly there for, you know, to, to explain it to children. And they'd been studying Van Gogh all year. And then we went back together because he wanted to go back with us. And he explained to us some of the stuff that the guide had told him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's my little tour guide. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll be leading these bittersweet life tours in uh, 10 years. Yeah. We'll just be like, okay, Wednesday is being handled by Aurelio. We're going to get a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Great idea. I love that. <laughs> See if he will. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like you, you hope as a parent or I, we hope as like the tour guides to this week that, I mean, you're showing them a whole bunch of things and maybe you're a little bit biased towards some of those things being like, I really hope they love this particular thing. And it just like sends them off down a road that um, it, no, I'm sure it's like that as a parent where you're like, I really hope my kid ends up being interested in reading or get, be, is interested in I don't know what else. Music. There you go. And, you know, they may or may not be. You can show it to them and and see what they think. And and, I mean, the same is kind of true this week where we're like, okay, we're showing you stuff from the 1500s. Now we're showing you stuff from the 1200s. Now we're showing you stuff. You know, we're like, what do you like? Which one do you like? Do you like it all? Yeah. And also as a tour guide, you, you know, you, you share your enthusiasm uh, as well as obviously your expertise with people and you want them to get excited about it. You want, you, you kind of want them to which is impossible, like be as excited as you are. And some people are, and you can really see that in their faces. And some people, uh, and this is not the case with our group, but some people simply are not interested. And and that's not your fault. It can be really hard as a tour guide to like see somebody who's clearly not engaged and not interested. But you know, not everybody is going to be interested in the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? This, this particular group, at least to me, on from you know standing amongst them they seem like they're they've been very interested every day yeah I, I feel that yeah what do you do when you see like that I mean you know a person's just sort of like staring to the side and like waiting you out while you talk do you just shorten stuff up or well it really depends on if it's a group tour or a private tour so this is a group tour although it's a very small group uh, and I don't I don't have this issue with our group but I've, I've had situations where like especially like teenagers older teenagers are just literally on their phone for my entire tour and it's extremely distracting but you just have to just like pretend they're not there and go for the rest of the group and so that's fine it's harder when you have a pri- I find that people who who are on a private tour really want to be there uh, they have sought me out, you know, they have, it's not like just like, okay, we got to go on a tour. We'll just have the tour, have the travel agent sign us up for whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people who come on my tours generally are, are very, um, you know, I, I don't do a lot of outreach. So people just kind of come to me. So they, they want to be there. So I really hardly ever get this, but occasionally I have gotten situations where I have had people, and it's not generally because they're not interested in what I'm talking about. It's almost like maybe they're too interested or maybe they're really interested in getting really good photos. So I did this one tour for uh, a really, really nice person, but uh, it was just us. It was just me and him. And he was very interested in taking photos. And so I would be literally explaining something and he would just walk away to get a photo. (laughs) (laughs) And um, 
not like terribly far away, but just like he would just without sort of like letting me finish my sentence, he'd just go over there to get a photo. And I and like, for example, when you're standing in front of the, the, the paintings of uh, Caravaggio in San Luigi dei Francesi, I always have like an order that I talk about them. And you got to kind of go to the right when you're talking about one and go over to the left. And he was just like taking pictures of other ones when I was talking about one. And I'm just like, are you following? <laughs> like, uh, should I keep going or should I just be quiet while you take pictures? Yeah. So that was that was kind of awkward. But generally, I, I don't have that problem too much. Okay, I have another question that just occurred to me. So every now and then when we're on a tour this week, and I'm sure this happens to you all the time, you'll all of a sudden notice that there's another couple that sidled in, uh-huh. you know, or there we when we were doing the Caravaggio tour, there was a young man who was riveted to what you were saying and stayed with us for like, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes, you know, and just, uh, you know, stayed as a part of the group for a while. And then we wandered off and left him behind. But how do you feel about those people? Um, If I'm standing at a work of art, whether it's in a museum or a church or, you know, even on a street corner, um, and somebody happens to be there and happens to hear what I'm saying and stop and listen I don't mind if someone starts to follow the group then then I'll tell them not to but if they're there you know I can't stop them from standing there um and it never happens when I'm with a private group I mean it might happen like at like at a church chapel that's the but not on the side of the road they're not going to stop um but you know because sometimes there's other people already standing there before you even get there and they're like oh that's interesting um and I've certainly done it in museums Oh, what are they saying? Well, that's fascinating. But I don't follow, like follow the group around. I have back when I did Vatican tours and I had a big group. I did get people trying to follow significantly, like two to three to four to five stops. Mm. And I had to tell them like more than once that they needed to go and that everyone else had paid. And that um, unless, you know, and I'd be like, OK, this is what the tour costs. If you'd like to pay me right now, you can. Otherwise, you need to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had to tell them multiple times. So even if you yeah. say it, they're sneaking up behind you. Yeah, yeah. But that's like in the in the Vatican. And I think being in the Vatican like lowers everybody's um, sort of standard of behavior. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of like becomes a little bit more barbaric in there. <laughs> and they're just like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. And so the people, same people who wouldn't dream of doing that on the street are like in the Vatican. There's no rules. I have to survive. I, I believe that, I mean, we didn't take our listeners into the Vatican, but we did set them up with an amazing guide, and many of them did go into the, the Vatican, and, uh, and by all reports, they said they had a wonderful time. But they did say that um, Barbara, who's your amazing tour guide friend who took them in, that she sometimes would use her own body as a shield to protect the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yesterday, as we were walking on this really kind of busy intersection where there was this enormous group of students and one of our uh, people was like, let's let's get in front of them. I'm channeling Barbara right now. And she was like moving and leading the group up into the front, which is totally something Barbara would do. And I don't often have to think about it because I don't do tours in such crowded places most of the time. But but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Well, to be fair, for the young man during the Caravaggio tour who stayed for your entire um, presentation, he was there before we got there. Yeah, I think that he so was. We'll give him a pet. I don't mind. And hey, maybe I just sparked the love of Caravaggio in someone. Yeah, yeah. And I do have some pictures of him if you want to remember him because he was in the middle of the group. Like he was all of a sudden like this very center <laughs> of our group. He was also quite good looking or was that my imagination? I mean, he it was. I'll show you the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, so as this comes to a close, I mean, we're going to ask people for their opinions and what they thought but so far I've been so impressed by what they've learned and what they've shared and by how much they love this hotel and I mean you really can't 
I mean, you plan something, you don't know how it's going to go. And then to have it go so well, it's, I, I don't think it's, it's going to fully process for me because, you know, we're still busy and we have, you know, a dinner tonight and a photo shoot and we, then we have to say goodbye to everybody. And so there's all this stuff that's coming up that's going to be emotional and busy. So I don't think it'll be like until a couple of weeks later, but I think I will feel like, wow, how cool. <laughs> we, we, uh, we made something from the ground up. We did. And these people are taking Rome with them. Well, that's the hope. That's the hope. All right. Well, do you want to give away any of the secrets of what we're seeing this morning or no? Well, I will say that there is one place that I'm pretty sure you've never been, which is the Biblioteca Varicelliana. Yes which I've only been to once before, like two months ago. So uh, that's one of our first stops. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, we've been to three places this tour that I've never actually, I may have known about, but I've never been into. So that was exciting. And yeah, it's always nice if you can surprise me as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do my best. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, we will um, leave it there. A little short this episode, but you know, we got to get ready. We're we're meeting these people in just mere minutes. So uh, we will talk to you soon and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm kitty sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye and before you go we are hoping to announce the dates of next year's bittersweet life roman adventure as early as next monday now a note to you supporters over on patreon and paypal those of you who support the show on a monthly basis you are going to be notified about it first so first dibs goes to you if you want first dibs on this tour join us as a supporter on patreon you'll get two bonus episodes every month and for as little as five dollars a month you'll also have the solace of knowing that you're helping this show this little show that could stay on the air so those of you who are already supporters keep an eye on that inbox to get the dates of the roman adventure for 2024 hoping that you can join us again we will have a limit of only 10 rooms for this tour so first notice could help and the rest of you Next Monday, we plan to announce the dates so that you can see if it works in your plans as well. Should you want to become a supporter of the show on Patreon or PayPal, there are links to donate in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. Bye.